Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everyone. Hey, Justin. How's it going? It's going pretty well. Uh, we got some good news about this show that we're talking about. Oh, uh, oh really? Star Trek Discovery. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they got picked up for a second season. That's awesome. Well, is it is it really surprising, though? I mean... It's like the first time most people have heard of CBS All Access, probably. <laughs> but no, that's great. I mean, and it, it's happened. It's what? We're not even quite halfway through the first season, and it's already been renewed. Yeah. So I was looking into the episodes, just trying to gauge how much we have left. And I mm-hmm. guess we're just doing the first, they're just airing the first half of the first season right now. Right. And then it will return sometime, I guess, maybe early next year. I think they're they're actually even calling it chapter one and chapter two. So we'll have to see. I'll have to see what even it means for the story, you know? Yeah, there's probably gonna be a huge cliffhanger at the end of <sighs> the ninth episode, which is the end of the first half. Is is Michael going to be turned into a Borg? That's the Yes. Question. And oh and Michael will Michael will get turned into a Borg. And uh, Saru will have to say open fire mm-hmm. <laughs> on the ship that she's in. <laughs> there you go. That's how they'll do it. No, nope. I, I think that 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 stand that episode of uh, TNG for those that don't know what we're talking about stands on its own. Yeah, so that's that's really good news. Um, yeah, like ever since you know, I, I my my day job uh, has me looking at, at things like uh, CBS All Access to see how they're doing, and ever since uh, this pr- has premiered. Uh, CBS All Access subscriptions have just like more than doubled uh, <laughs> on a on a daily basis ever since this has premiered. So it's doing big things for them. So, uh, uh, so it's I, exciting. We wondered how it was going to affect affect the service. Right. I am curious how the numbers will be after the end of the first chapter of Discovery. Mm, right. If if you'll just have mass, uh, you just have mass massive amounts of people. Uh, can- are canceling their subscriptions and-, and only to reactivate them when the show comes back on. Yeah. yeah. Something that's actually something that happens with, you know, you have HBO now, which is a competing service. Uh, and that definitely happens when uh, game of Thrones isn't airing. Uh, when once game of Thrones airs, there's this dramatic drop off in subscriptions. Uh, and that's why I think the challenge for all of these services like CBS, all access on uh, HBO now, et cetera, is to, is to come up with, with shows that, that it kind of like a string of hits so that, you know, there's never that, uh, uh, kind of motivation on the, on the subscribers part to, to drop off. So as much as it, it would be awesome to have Star Trek on every week of the year, um, new Star Trek, uh, I don't think we're going to get that <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The, they need to do stuff like Netflix. Netflix has a bunch of hit series that they mm-hmm. keep doling out throughout the year. Like Stranger Things is coming back uh, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what does CBS have? Does it have like Jag or something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know my CBS shows, unfortunately. Uh, Elementary. I don't know. But I don't think any of them are as big a draw as Star Trek. They need to improve their service, though. Uh, we talked about this a little before we started recording, but uh, when I was watching this episode of Star Trek Discovery, I was having very bad connection issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, one of our good friends uh, subscribed to the commercial-free, quote-unquote, commercial-free uh, mm-hmm. plan, and he was still getting 
commercials, although CBS considers them promotions for other CBS shows. So he was still getting commercial breaks, even though he's paying to not for have no, commercials. Yeah, for no commercials. So they clearly have a lot to work out. But at the end of the day, Discovery has been renewed. It's not going to just be a fluke. No, I mean, I'm glad Discovery has been renewed, but CBS does need to improve their Oh, Service, sure. For sure. Sure, sure. I'm not, I'm not debating that. Or I'm not, uh, yeah. I, I, I am on board with that. I mean, I'm still going to continue subscribing. I, mm-hmm. Or I will subscribe and then I'll probably cancel my subscription after <laughs> this is done. And then I'll start up again when Discovery's back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, hey, they got you in the door for Star Trek. And if you're not interested in what else they have to offer, whatever else they have to offer, then, you know, you're not going to stick around. Yeah, I was uh, flipping around in the app just trying to find other things to watch just because I was like, oh, I subscribe to this. What, what else is there? And, yeah, they do have all the Star Trek shows, but they don't have all the Star Trek movies. Hmm. So that was a yeah. disappointment. Yeah, it's not it's 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 not quite like uh, what was what we've talked before on uh, on Trek Trek about. Uh, the, uh, Stargate, what is it called? Stargate Command Service, <laughs> where they have every episode of Stargate, which is, I mean, every Stargate show, which is like 300 episodes plus or something, and every Stargate movie, uh, which I think they count like TV movies in there or something, uh, for $20, uh, just a one-time fee. So, you know. Why can't Discovery should just be on a all Star Trek streaming service? It costs twenty dollars <laughs> for 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 life, right? And, yeah, I'd be on yeah. board for that. Yeah, I don't. They probably don't think they'd make a lot of money. Yeah, so. they but they probably want that monthly subscription fee. Yeah. So, so were you saying there's some other uh, Trek related stuff? Oh yeah, I've been going uh, so into Star Trek again. I picked up uh, some Star Trek toys, uh, and they arrived today. Um, okay. So Eagle Moss, uh, they make a really nicely, uh, designed little ship models. You don't have to build them, but they're just like little starships. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up a couple of those. Um, I picked up the USS Franklin from Star Trek Beyond. Mm-hmm. I picked up the USS Vengeance from Star Trek Into Darkness. And I picked up the NX-01 refit. Which was not shown in the, uh, Star Trek Enterprise show, but is kind of like a what if scenario for the NX01. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at these as you're talking about them. They're pretty amazing. Yeah. They're really cool. Um, wow. I might see some of these in my future too. So yeah. So you got, you got some of those. Yeah. And they come with little magazines, uh, that you can flip through and see how, the thought process behind uh, how the ships were designed and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they, they have pretty much everything, including, like you said, some things that never uh, quite made it out there. Yeah, the uh, I'm also I so I pre-ordered a couple of them. Uh, mm-hmm. I pre-ordered the Discovery and the uh, Shenzo. Oh, really? So those are available for pre-order now? Yeah, they're coming out in January. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely something I should look into, because I definitely uh, really liked the designs of both of those ships. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Um, they're uh, they're on the pricier side, but, 
you know, mm-hmm. they're nice little models. They're not like, uh, those old Star Trek Playmates toys where you're supposed to play with them. These are just to sit on a desk or a shelf and look cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm seeing that, that they also even have, it looks like Enterprise J. Mm-hmm. From, uh, from Enterprise from the, uh, Temporal Cold War. Yep, they have they all the kind, distant future. They have all kinds of ships from the Star Trek universe. And the Enterprise J is just such a cool looking, weird looking ship. I love it. I'll definitely have to, to track down a pre-order for that. Yeah. Or, or an uh, order for that. It looks like maybe it's already out. Yeah, Enterprise J is already out. Um, so the San Jose Super Toy Show is coming up, mm-hmm. uh, in December. And, uh, there's usually a couple of vendors that have some of these. So we'll have to keep our eyes open if we go. Yeah, let's let's make a plan to do that. But yeah, I've just been uh, looking into these because, uh, like I said, I'm back into Star Trek, uh, pretty hardcore. So, well, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to be hardcore back into Star Trek, given you know how uh, how we got a new show to watch. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that show, mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek Discovery, season one, episode six, Leafy. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I might go out on a limb and say it's maybe my favorite episode so far. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, one of the uh, little bits of trivia about this episode, uh, is that it was, uh, co-written, uh, by Joe Minoski, who, uh, uh, has a lot of, uh, Star Trek writing credits to his name. Uh, but among those is a personal favorite of mine. And I know of yours, Darmok. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, it's got, definitely got some some s- classic Star Trek writing cred behind it. So I'm looking forward to talking about this one with you. Yeah, so uh, the episode opens with Sarek and uh, another Vulcan, and then they're going on a secret mission. Um, mm-hmm. We don't know much about it. Uh, let's see, you got Burnham and Tilly jogging on Discovery. Uh, they're wearing t-shirts that say Disco. <laughs> yeah. I was like, alternately, that's cool, and, uh, I don't know about that. Disco, okay. Disco. Yeah, and the uh, official Star Trek store is, of course, selling t-shirts, uh, disco t-shirts. Um. <laughs> of course. I, I feel like if they wanted to shorten Discovery, maybe DSC would be better. Or Disc or something? Yeah, like. Disc isn't as, as fun as Disco, but DSC is probably what most people would choose. Yeah, this, Disco is just a little, I mean, it just, it's Disco. Mm-hmm. I, I can't take it seriously. <laughs> uh, Burnham lays out a plan for Tilly's career, having her aim to get on a Constitution class ship like the Enterprise. Yeah. So, um, you know, Michael's definitely taking uh, Tilly under her wing, so to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's showing a lot of interest in her. It's clear she really likes her, and I think she really seems to like Michael as well. Yeah, it's um, she's kind of uh, taking on the Giorgio role, being mm-hmm. a mentor. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was cool to hear the name drop of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be interesting to see what the Enterprise looks like in this, I guess not universe per se, but this... Uh, you know, uh, treatment of Star Trek. Yeah. Elsewhere, Lorca and Tyler are talking to each other while they shoot Klingons. Uh, it's obviously a simulation because mm-hmm. they're 
just having a very casual conversation as they're <laughs> shooting Klingons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are who are kind of just rezzing out or de-rezzing or whatever. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm just going to assume that Discovery always has cutting-edge technology because it's a science ship. Mm-hmm. But, like, holodecks were not a thing in, in this time period. Yeah. So, it, you know, I've I've thought about that as well, and, and that's kind of, I think, the approach I'm taking. Um, you know, because it's, you know, maybe they're experimenting with um, with some, some technology like that. Yeah. Um. I- there were, you know, some people, you know, I've been, been reading some comments, uh, the other fans have made, uh, after this episode aired, uh, talking about some of these, these, uh, subjects. And, you know, some people had pointed out that original series actually had kind of like a recreation area that seemed to have some sort of like holog, what were supposed to be holographic elements, but, um, you know, nothing like that. I mean, this is basically a holodeck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to say, hey, you know, it's the discovery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after this, Lorca makes Tyler the chief of security. Right. And we don't, as far as I recall, we don't get any sense that um, that Tyler has this background. Um, we don't really know much about Tyler. Right. But Lorca seems to really trust him. We know that Tyler's a very good shot because he mm-hmm. had more kills on his rifle than Lorca did. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to, you know, embarrass Lorca. And <laughs> right? we know that Tyler is a survivor because he's survived in that Klingon uh, prison for a long time. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're really making it seem like there's something up with Tyler, which mm-hmm. makes me think, maybe these are all just red herrings. I think you're absolutely right. I think they are, they've thought this through. I think they've dropped just enough to make us think we know something about him when we actually don't. They're actually smarter than we are. (laughs) I'm not ashamed to say it. I think they're smarter than we are. Uh, let's see, uh, back on Sarek's ship, uh, the other Vulcan injects himself with something that makes his arm glow. Mm-hmm. And we learned that the, uh, this guy is a Vulcan fanatic, uh, who believes in, uh, strongly in logic and believes that Vulcans are superior to humans and that, uh, the Vulcans should withdraw from the Federation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, serum that makes him glow makes him explode he becomes a bomb basically mm-hmm. and uh Sarek raises a shield so he doesn't get the full brunt of the blast but it's still mm-hmm. significant damage yeah and so we know that Sarek isn't going to die of course <laughs> that, that, i mean i think we've talked about this before now maybe not in a recorded set uh recorded setting but we've discussed how the problem with prequels is, you know, certain characters are going to make it. Mm-hmm. So there's no real drama there. Right. Right. But, you know, in this case, you know, seeing what happened as a result of this situation and seeing how he ends up getting out of it um, was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Burnham and Tilly are in the mess hall and they meet with Tyler and then Burnham gets a mental call from Sarek because they have that. Mind meld, uh, Catra. Mm-hmm. Sarek's Catra yeah. is. So it wasn't just a one off. It's actually coming into play. Yeah. 
Um, Michael's in uh, Sarek's mind, and we learned that uh, Burnham was not deemed qualified for the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, flashbacks to the tech on the Vulcan Science Academy, uh, which is the reason why Sarek shared his catch with Burnham in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, was to due save to her life, right? It was due to an attack from the anti-human uh, Vulcan fanatics. Oh, right, right. Because did we know that before, or did we assume it was the the uh, Klingons? I assumed it was the Klingons. Mm-hmm. But we find out it's actually the um, logical militants. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The, the violent Vulcans? The the logic extremists or something. I forget what Yeah, yeah. And and you know, a lot of this is making me think back to Enterprise. Oh, we yeah. did get We did get a lot of this in Enterprise as well. So at least there's that continuity there. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the reason I like this episode so much is that we're getting more, despite the fact that I was complaining about it when we were watching Enterprise, <laughs> getting some more Vulcan knowledge is a nice change of pace for Discovery. Right, I, and I think maybe, you know, the reason you're feeling that way is probably the reason I'm feeling that way is that it hasn't been constantly about that. Yes. It's nice to have a, it's nice to have a bit of a break from the Klingon stuff. Um, speaking of Klingons. We learned yeah. that Sarek was on a mission to meet with some Klingons who wanted to team up against Cole uh, uh-huh. to end the war. Yeah. Uh, so Discovery goes rogue and sets off to look for Sarek at his uh-huh. last known location. Uh, right, because so. they, they want to end the war at any means possible. Burnham creates a virtual mind meld to reach out to Sarek, uh, since obviously she can't have physical contact with him. Mm-hmm. So there's a device placed on her head. Yeah, uh, it's sort of like a long-distance mild device. Yeah. So it's like bringing technology into this thing that we've always seen be like very spiritual like a and like a, a physical thing with a hand to someone's face, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I noted that uh, Stamets has chilled out a lot since becoming <laughs> the navigator for the sport drive. Yeah. You know, he was almost kind of like a hippie. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, everything's totally cool now. Oh, these spores, they're great. You should try <laughs> them sometime. Yeah, I really like Stamets so far a lot, actually. Um, <laughs> it'll be interesting. You know, he, he brings, uh, brings this, this comic element to the show in a, in kind of a, a subdued way that I, yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, uh, everyone's so serious all the time. It's, mm-hmm. you need some of that comic relief. Mm hmm. Um, Burnham, Tilly, and Tyler use a shuttlecraft to fly into the nebula in which Sarek was last located. Uh, Tyler explains that when you're close to death, you think about the people you love and what you could have done differently for them, uh-huh. which is why Sarek is reliving that moment, uh, with, uh, Burnham. Right, right. That specific, that specific moment. Yeah, cause you would think that he would be thinking about Spock as well. Uh-huh. And, right, and his wife, and things like that. But, but no, no, he was just thinking about that one moment with uh, uh-huh. Michael. Right, and why? Why was he thinking about it? Well, Sarek was given the choice to allow either Burnham or Spock entry into the uh, Vulcan expeditionary group. Mm-hmm. And Sarek chose Spock. Mm-hmm. But, so we have Spock drop there. <laughs> but as we know, uh-huh. Spock rejected the offer to join the Vulcan Science Academy in favor of joining Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So, so it was all for nothing. It was for all Sarah. for nothing. And it was also sort of a, 
you know, it was like a switcheroo, right? You know, he sent Spock to the, the, uh, the expeditionary group. Um, and Spock ended up going to, going to Starfleet and he ends up taking Michael to Starfleet. And Michael, you know, all this time has been like, why wasn't I good enough to go do this thing? <laughs> Cause she probably would have stuck with it, you know? Yeah. Um, Sarah feels shame that he made uh, Burnham feel so much guilt because she mm-hmm. thought she had failed him when, in fact, right. he, he was being selfish and wanting his own flesh and blood son to mm-hmm. join. Yeah, they were kind of like, all right, Sarek, look, you <laughs> look, you got to give other people a chance, too. You can't have two of your, you know, ch- quote unquote, children. Uh, oh, and there was something also about them, neither of them being fully Vulcan. Yes, there's uh, some That's Vulcan racism going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spock was, I think it was almost something along the line of like, well, Spock is at least half Vulcan, whereas Michael's a human. Mm-hmm. She's not even your actual child, that sort of thing. Burnham is eventually able to wake Sirk up long enough for him to activate his transponder so that the shuttlecraft can find him. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Lorca and Admiral Cornwell, uh, they get it on. Yeah. Uh, I guess they, they knew each other previously. Well, yeah. obviously they're quote unquote friends. Uh huh. Friends with benefits, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Um, but her, the main reason for her visit was to evaluate Lorca, see if he's still fit for duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, she, uh, wakes him up and gets a phaser in her face. So she yeah, determines that she she determines that uh, Lorca is not fit for duty. Right, he had a phaser under his pillow. Yeah, he had a phaser under. And and is this before or after we are are um, informed that she's actually has like a psychology background, right? Uh, this yeah, that was probably mentioned earlier. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. She's an admiral, but like her. Her background, her educational background is in, like, psychology. So it, it makes her uh, perfectly suited to evaluate him. So the evaluation is you can't be Captain of Discovery anymore. Yeah. Ooh, he doesn't like that. Later, Burnham tells Lorca that Sarek won't be able to meet with the Vulcans in time. So Lorca suggests that Admiral Cornwall goes. Lorca tells Burnham that he did not go on this mission to save Sarek. He did for her. And uh, Lorca also makes Burnham a science specialist. So she has a rank now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's allowed on the... Or she has a bridge position, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Burnham says that she is grateful to serve under a captain like Lorca. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a little... I guess, is, is irony the right word? Uh, Lorca's very good at finding broken people and then making them loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's definitely been doing that with Michael. Yes. And it, he probably did that with Landry, which is why she was so fanatical about following him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see what he tries to do with Tyler. Yeah. I mean, he's giving Tyler this big opportunity to be a chief of security. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a note saying that Lorca is going to kill Cornwall, isn't he? Uh, because, uh, he does not want his command taken away, but. Right. And, and I guess we can talk about that more in a minute, but I mean, it, yeah, it was, hey, uh, so uh, Cornwall basically said, um, 
hey, you, you can't be, you, you're not fit to be captain. So as soon as I get back, I'm going to let Starfleet Command know that they need to replace you as captain. And then, well, hey, look at this opportunity to send her to meet with the Klingons. Yeah. So on Cancri 4, uh, Cornwall meets with the Klingons. <laughs> Uh, the Klingons kill the, uh, Krankry hosts and, uh, Cornwall's bodyguards, and they reveal that they're working for Cole the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was a trap. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. They were hoping to get, uh, Sarek. Yep. But they'll take a high-ranking Starfleet official. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Saru tells Lorca what happened. Uh, but Lorca wants to wait for orders from Starfleet Command before they go off to rescue the Admiral. Ha! <laughs> now he listens. Yeah, very different, uh, different choice than what he did with Sarek. Now he plays by the book, eh? And we see that Lorca has a phaser tucked in his belt behind his back. Yeah. Yeah. And so wait, that's the end of the episode, right? Yep. Okay, so we can talk about this now. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what did you take that to mean that he had the phaser in his belt or in his in his waistband behind his back? Uh, he just wants to be armed all the time. He's okay. He, I I took it as he had gone through these traumatic experiences and he just wanted to be ready in case he was ever attacked again. Okay. I, yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of different ways to read it. I can totally see that. You know, there's also the. Does he think someone's coming? Does he think Saru's coming to relieve him of duty? No, um, and is he going to put up a fight? Um, but there's actually a, there's actually another, uh, another thought I had here, uh, another possibility. And it actually addresses the concern that I have about this episode. I think I thought it was a great episode. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a couple of things at play here. And the, the kind of the biggest problem that I had, I, I guess, would be the idea that we have a captain of a starship, or the captain of the the uh, starship that the show is named after, who is potentially trying to murder <laughs> his superior officer, right? Right. With with Cornwall, so you know it's. I, I think that's kind of unprecedented. I mean, we've had characters like Pike in the original series before, but they weren't the main character. Or they weren't, I guess, I, I take that back. Lorca isn't the main character. But Lorca is still the captain of the Discovery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a very different feel for Star Trek. It's a very, it's a very different situation to have, you know, the captain who we're used to Kirk and Janeway and, uh, Picard and, you know, uh, and, and, and Archer. And, you know, they would never think about doing something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have them going rogue to do the right thing, mm-hmm. but you never have them go. You never consider that these characters would think about killing a commanding officer right just to protect themselves or protect their command or that sort of thing so that was really bothering me and i kind of you know we're recording this like uh you know three days after the episode aired and you know i had had some time to sit with it and it still bothered me but you know i'm gonna put a crazy conspiracy theory out there maybe this is gonna be what i do every episode sure (laughs) i think there's a possibility that Lorca isn't Lorca. 
not that Lorca is a Klingon or anything in disguise. I think there's a possibility that Lorca is the Lorca from the Mirror Universe. Hmm. Because we've had introduced in a previous episode the idea that the use of the spore drive has potentially caused some sort of splintering of reality because we had as mirror stamets appear. So the, yeah, I realize it's kind of out there, but I do think that there's some things behavior behaviorally with Lorca that seem not quite right. We, I mean, we already knew that he was, you know, kind of damaged from his experiences and, and all that. And I think that maybe Cornwall, she makes a comment that Lorca seems different. You know, it's clear that they know, known each other, uh, I guess, uh, quote unquote, quite well, you know, uh, for, for some time, uh, based on their actions. So I take that to mean that, you know, she knows him really well. They're friends with benefits. Um, she says, you know, something's off. And, you know, I don't know. I would think that she's known him since he had to destroy his own ship with all the crew on board. So, does she mean something seems different about him even above and beyond that, maybe? But th- my my final little bit of, you know, evidence for what it's worth is the fact that when the episode ends, it ends like, in a way, like the episode with Stamets looking in the mirror and then walking away and seeing his reflection move. Only this time the episode ends with Lorca looking out the portal of his quarters and we see his reflection looking back at him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know if that's what they're trying to kind of subtly telegraph that, that it's tied in with this, you know, mirror universe idea. But hey, you know, on a, on going out on a limb, maybe discovery is going to show us the creation of the mirror universe that we know from the other Star Trek shows. Or maybe, you know, at the end of discovery, they're going to f- create their own timeline and fly off into that. Who knows? But that's my crazy crackpot uh, discovery theory of the week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's quite possible. Yeah. Any, I think on this show, that's the thing. Anything's possible. There's, a, I think there's a lot, there are a lot of surprises in store. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what did you, so, so now that I've, I've, I've rambled about my conspiracy theory, what did you think about the episode? No, I really liked it. Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, it's probably my favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it felt the most Star Trek uh, to me yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even more so than the the, the previous episode. Mm-hmm. I think um, it it felt it felt like it could be standalone um, with the Sarek rescue, but then it also you know dealt with a with a lot of uh, different issues. Yeah, and um, I had some initial concerns about creating this character, Michael Burnham. And then weaving her into Spock and Sarek's storylines. Mm-hmm. But I think they handled it well in this episode. Right, right. I mean, there's still those questions about, um, you know, why does, why, well, we know why Spock never mentioned her because this show wasn't created yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I guess it'll, it'll be a delicate matter to, to kind of, you know, walk that line throughout. But I do, I do like how they're they're doing this. I mean, it's, it's adding a lot of a depth, especially Sarek. You know, like I'm, I feel like we're finding out more about him, mm-hmm. which is interesting. You know, and we got oh, we got to see Spock's mother. Yeah, and that was neat. 
No, yeah, I, I liked know. it a lot. Yeah, there was there's a lot of uh, good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish uh, I was able to watch the episode without a bunch of interruptions due to connection errors, but mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, and then you can't even you know rewind and watch things again. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of rewinding and watching things again, if you, if, if folks listening or, or you, Justin, uh, I don't know if you did this, but I, I rewound and, and watched the, uh, the altercation between Cornwall and, uh, the Klingons again. And she attempts to fire her phaser and it doesn't fire. Mm. And she, she looks at it like, what's wrong with my phaser? It's very quick. You have to go back and watch it a couple of times. But that also led me to think, did Lorca sabotage her phaser? Probably. Yeah, that Lorca. He's going to f- grow a goatee. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's uh, going to do it for this week. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about uh, the episode Magic to Make the Sanest Man Go Mad. Okay, another long title. Mm-hmm. I'm lo- expecting big things. Um, I'm going to be busy next weekend, so we're going to have to record a little bit later. Um, okay. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh, probably middle of next week. Okay, sounds great. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you then. All right, bye. <laughs>